So, uh, we're having a quick Skype call here with uh, big boy Bloater, who we shall call Bloater from now on, who's sitting in uh, his own flat, no doubt, or where, where are you today, Bloat? Uh, yeah, I'm at home on the sofa with uh, with the dogs who are fast asleep, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's having a nice relaxing day, you know. Tremendous, excellent. So, 2016 is nearly at an end. Um, how has 2016 treated you this year? <laughs> well, that's a great question to start off with. Uh, it's been an interesting one. Uh, real highs and lows, actually, this year. Um, great working with uh, with Pro Vogue and the mascot label group and putting my new album out, Luxury Hobo. That was fantastic. Those guys have been great. Uh, really had fun time doing that. The album did really well. Still doing well, so I'm pleased about that. Uh, just I just didn't do as many gigs this year as I wanted to, for one reason or another. So... 2017, I'm hoping that we're going to be uh, out on the road doing a lot more stuff. So Okay, is... and we'll be talking about that shortly. And of course, you have been up, we're, we're up in the north, uh, near Newcastle upon Tyne, and you were here earlier in the year, weren't you? At the, uh, at the yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 How, can you remember that far back and how it went? Or That was ages ago, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was January or something like or February or sometime, wasn't it, I think? But. Uh, I remember, again, that was a night of highs and lows. It was a great gig. I had some really bad news literally seconds before we went on stage. All right. Uh, but I just, I think it spurred me on, really, to make it an even better show, really. So I just, yeah, went uh, went all out and gave, you know, gave it all I had. So it was a cool one. Okay. And will there be plans, obviously, in 2017 to come back up this far north? Yes. Um We've got some dates uh, kicking off at the beginning of the year, just a small little tour. Yeah. But then we're planning a big UK tour for September. Okay. So, and we will be up in the northeast, I believe. Then we're just sorting out dates now. These things seem to take forever these days. It's it's not like the old days where you could just book a few gigs and turn up and do them. It's it's all it's all paperwork now. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll get sorted that's that's good so let's talk about the album then it has been out for a while as you said uh, out on the mascot label luxury hobo um how did that come about did, were you headhunted or did you approach mascot or, or what happened was it like the good old days where they came and watched a gig and then went yes we'll sign you big boy uh it was, i'd like to say it was you know like the old days where i, I played a gig and then uh Backstage, a man with a big cigar came up to me and said, oh, I'll make you a million euros, boy. Um, no, it didn't work out like that, actually. It's, uh, <laughs> Did you get brown M&Ms at least? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I kind of already knew the guys anyway. I've been working uh, in radio myself and doing a, a radio show. So the guys had always been coming into the studio and bringing people in for me to interview and things like that. Yeah. And we, we got really well. And eventually they started coming along to some gigs. And, they, and uh, I'm not quite sure how it happened. I just think we just sort of fell into it and said, should we do an album together? And uh, we went, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So uh, we did it. And it was, yeah, it's one of those really lovely things working with Mascot. You know, it's not like the old days where the record company would have all the all the power and tell you what to do, they just sort of let me get on with it. And right. I, I handed it in and, and they were happy and I was happy and uh, it came out and uh, it, it sold great. So, yeah, really pleased with that. Okay. And was it a fairly trouble-free session, recording session or sessions? Um, do you know what? It was a really nice... It was. We did it kind of over a week and a little bit with a few extra days tacked on the end. And uh, we managed to get a... Um, 
a state-of-the-art recording facility in a in a university. Right. Uh, it was all you know top-notch stuff yeah. for people to learn on. But it was a school holidays, so we managed to book it out for a week and just just camp out in there. And uh, it was really good fun. You know, the guys at the band, the Limits, they're they're all really good, chilled out guys. And it was just. Uh, you know, it was just mates hanging about in the studio, really banging out some tunes, and sure. that's uh, it should be. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, it was great. Yeah, was nice fun, relaxed yeah. atmosphere. It's always better, isn't it, for for recording? You've got to go either way. You've either got to have a really nice relaxed atmosphere or like proper punch-ups in the studio. <laughs> uh, that will come through on the recording then somehow. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Is I, it, I, the first one. Is is there anything looking back now? Is there anything that you might have changed about it? the way you did things or, you know, some of the songs or? Yeah, I think it's like, uh, like a lot of film directors would say, you know, they, they, they turn a film in and it's never really finished, you know, and they, they sometimes they go back these days now and tweak it and do bits and yeah. pieces. I mean, I did have some ideas of putting some extra stuff on there, like horn sections and, and, and maybe string sections and stuff, but I kind of run out of time and, it was sounding good anyway, so I thought, uh, you know, I'm going to leave it. Uh, I worked with uh, producer Adam Woolley, and he was like really happy with it. He said, you know, it sounds great. Uh, so we ended up just putting it out as it was, and actually, yeah, it sounds cool. But maybe one day we'll go back and do re-record it with the the London Philharmonic or something like the that. The deluxe edition. <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah. yeah, 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 there you go, you see. And tell us a bit about what would be your favourite track off that album then, up to now. That's a tough one. That's like someone saying, which is your favourite child? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got to make that choice, come on. <laughs> I'm sure, deep down inside, secretly, everybody does have the favourite child anyway. But, um, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's tough. They all mean a lot to me. I think, Luxury Hobo Blues, the title track, is probably the most uh, autobiographical song on the album, so that's probably closest to my heart. But I, I do like Robot Girlfriend as well. I think that's you know that's that seems to go down well at the gigs. Okay, excellent. And you've got a new video out, obviously, for Luxury Hobo Blues. Is that okay? uh, yeah, just put that together just at the end of the summer. Um, just took a day out in a field, really, and, and put it together. And, and uh, yeah, it was good fun. It was, it was, again, a very nice, relaxing... I think we were supposed to do two days for the shoot, but the first day we ended up just drinking. <laughs> <laughs> As you do on a lovely summer's evening. And, uh, yeah, yeah, tremendous. And a lovely caravan, got to say, a lovely retro uh, vehicle. Not yours, or...? Uh, yeah, it's mine, actually. Is yeah, it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, use it, uh, use it quite a lot. It's a 1964 Airstream. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's fantastic for like music festivals and and things like that. Because I can't do tents anymore. That's that's a young man's game. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, in fact, I, even as a young man, I can do tents. So I ended up shipping <laughs> over from the states, and uh, yeah, I'd take it out all the time. That's great. Yeah. Tremendous, excellent. Well, I particularly liked. Um, I've got to look at the titles. It came out of the swamp, which has a brilliant video. <laughs> Tell us a bit about that for those who haven't seen it. Tell us a bit about the, the song and the video. Well, um, again, that's another uh, sort of live song that goes down really well, actually. And um, it's uh, it's it's all about um, sort of it's almost that fifties B movie paranoia of uh, of not you know being scared of what you don't know. 
so I put the, the video together. It was a stop motion video uh, using Lego. And um, a, a few years back, two or three, uh, four, three or four years ago, in fact, actually, I'd had this sort of breakdown and really bad period of depression. And coming out of that, I started to do stop motion animation with Lego just as a sort of therapy to keep myself busy and, you know, to keep my mind off things. Yeah. Uh, and that continued as a hobby. And then I wrote the song, It Came Out of the Swamp, and I realized Lego had done a Swamp Monster set, and I just thought, oh, this, is, this has got to be done, you know. Even, even if we don't use it, I'm going to do it for my own sort of pleasure. So um, I put it together, and, uh, yeah, it's just that typical... Monster comes out of the swamp, people chase monster, monster gets revenge, you know, story. It's the old story. <laughs> but it's good. And I didn't realise that you'd actually put it all together, um, the, the video sort of thing, which is tremendous. Yeah. That's, that's really quite cool that you've written the song. I played the theme tune, I wrote the theme tune, and I've done the video too, yeah? <laughs> yeah. It took me about six weeks uh, to do it, and I think, if I'd had more time, I probably could have spent a whole year on it, but it was just, you know, I just had to, again, it's one of those things where, okay, it's looking uh, looking good. I can leave it there. I've got to leave it there now. So, uh, yeah. Okay. And has, have any other artists asked you to do a similar thing then with it? Not yet. Right? <laughs> it's very difficult doing a song. Um, you have to get all the timing right and, you know, all the, uh, you can't, to get the, the beat right and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Uh, but you never know. Maybe maybe one day someone will commission me to do a, a Lego video for them. That would be fun. Because yeah. there is a few bands who've had Lego things done of them, isn't there? Like Motorhead and the Rival Sons and stuff like that. And I just wondered if... It's a popular popular medium. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a great... I remember making my first guitar out of Lego, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's behind you. Again, obviously, listeners can't see it, but you, you've got artwork behind you. Is that... Yours as well? Are you, are you an artist? In... Uh, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not any good with a paintbrush. That is a, a California artist called Shag, actually. Right. He does a lot of sort of pro uh, kind of stuff. So, right. yeah, I, I'm uh, no good with a pen or brush or anything, no. Right. Not at all. <laughs> but behind the camera, you're good on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, you have got gigs coming up in 2017, but um, I just wanted to draw people's attention to a gig you're doing on December the 28th. Uh, in aid of shelter, isn't it? Friends of Boom. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Really looking forward to that. Actually, it's the uh, the Boom Band, obviously, with uh, Marcus Bonfanti and John Amore and uh, Matt Taylor. All those uh -huh. guys. Uh -huh. uh, there's a few guests. My old friend Jack J Hutchinson will be there. Roscoe Levy. Um, so it's going to be a real just. It's kind of like a super group has a Christmas party type thing. I think yeah. sort of thing. You know. Really looking forward to it, actually. I think at some point we're all going to be on stage. Not sure how that's going to work or how we're going to fit, but uh, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Tremendous. 28th at the Half Moon Putney in London. That's the 28th of December, folks, if you're, if you're down in London. I know there's a few listeners down in London, so that's that's good. Get yourselves along there. It just looks like a great night. Will there be any footage from it, do you think, or for us? Oh, well, I thought there'd be a bit of fan footage on, on YouTube at some point or, or something somewhere. It's, yeah. it's stuff always these days doesn't it so look out for that it will be a it will be a, a spectacle i think in one way or another <laughs> and and so yeah you, you've got some gigs coming up uh starting uh, early in 2017 obviously you've, you've just mentioned before that you're, you're going to be touring again in september but what about the dates that you've got coming up mainly down south aren't they this time 
Um, yeah, they kind of are. Um, it's, it was just we put in a few dates just to uh, just to keep us busy, really. But um, uh, we are in Sheffield at the uh, HRH Blues Festival in uh, in April. Right, that's the sixth of April. But we're also uh, Oxford, Winchester, Newcastle under Lyme. Uh, hundred club show we're doing. Uh, that's going to be a good one. So. Yeah, really looking forward to those, actually. Excellent. And and you go between being a solo player and a, and a band thing. Obviously, they both have their pros and cons, but do you have, you know, do you prefer doing it as with a band or solo or what? I absolutely prefer doing it with the bands. Right. Um, I started doing the solo thing because I was getting to ask, getting asked to do some supports and it was it was too complicated to do with a band. You know, there wasn't enough stage room or time to yeah. get the band on off stage, so... I ended up doing some solo things and it sort of took off a little bit. But I prefer working with the band so much more. It's, it's you know, it just feels safer having your friends around you on stage. And it's, uh, it's like having your gang there, like, you know, it's uh, your posse. It's, um, and, and, uh, and when something goes wrong, you can, you can blame them. Yeah, you can um, look around at the drummer. Exactly. <laughs> Shake your head. Was, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> Excellent. Let, let's just go back a little bit because obviously you've had quite a long career. I mean, you started playing guitar when you were eleven, um, and that, was it your first gigs at like twelve or thirteen or something like that? You were you were out gigging and yeah, school assembly was uh, was my first gig, I think. And um, yeah, I'm not quite sure how that was really how that really went down, but it did put me off. And um, I think I was sort of playing in clubs by about fourteen or something like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, once once I got a guitar, that was it. I got the bug and uh, I uh, couldn't stop. The the rest of the school studies went out the window, and uh, I just hung about in the music room all the time. Right. So by the time I left school, I didn't really have any choice but to be a musician. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I mean, you actually had quite a good career going, anyways, didn't you? Before you come sort of full circle, you packed in what you were doing. Um, Melda May and everybody were saying, you are, you're great, you know, keep doing it sort of thing. And then you sort of went, no, I want to change and I want yeah. to re- rewrite the books. And well, For about, uh, what was it, about 16 years, I think, I had a, I had a band, Big Boy Bloater and, and his Southside Stompers. It was a sort of uh, rhythm and blues in the style of 1950s New Orleans rhythm and blues kind of thing. Right. Uh, quite, quite, you know, six-piece band with... Uh, couple of saxophones and a piano and all that so it was great yeah. fun but after about 16 years of doing it I, I was finding it a bit limited you know you can only do so much in that genre yeah and uh, so I, I sort of hung up those boots for a little while and went off and worked for somebody else for a, a few months and decided what I was going to do and that's when the limits came about I mean and the idea of the limits was we would just go out there and play whatever came to mind really you know yeah. so uh so you get all sorts of influences in the limits, as well as that rhythm and blues stuff. There's, there's sorts of blues in there, and, and you know, a bit of scar, and you know, it could it could be anything really. Yeah. You never know what's going to come out. Yeah, yeah, which is great, isn't it? You know, if you stand on stage and it's like, oh, all right, then we'll go down that avenue, and uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, was there ever, ever a time where you thought, nah, I've had enough? I'm going to do something. I'm going to go and stack shelves in a well-known supermarket chain or something. Or, to be honest, I don't think even the supermarket chains would have me. 
<laughs> I, I did I didn't want to do this anymore, I think I would be really stuck. So I think, touch wood, I'm, I'm going to keep the passion for this going and uh, just carry on doing it because I, I think I'm totally unemployable now, to be honest. You know, I've been doing <laughs> myself too long, really. And, um, yeah, you know what it's like. You can't, you can't go back in and, and, and try and work for someone else. Yeah. Uh, I've done too many great things doing this. You know, I've sort of travelled all over the world and, uh, and played huge gigs. Uh, I think if I came work in a supermarket it would probably blow my mind <laughs> <laughs> man <laughs> and of course you've, you have been a radio presenter yourself a uh, very successful show any, any thoughts yeah. of going back onto that are you still doing that I'm not sure whether you're still doing it or not I was, I was working for Team Rock doing their blues show and uh, unfortunately their, their radio uh, programming changed right uh, they switched about you know they were looking for a new market kind of thing so uh, they change things up. Uh, coming in year, yeah, I would like to get into doing something else again, maybe. Uh, so I'm sort of got a few feelers out at the moment, but right. because of working on gigs and tours for next year, it's it's always sort of taking a slight back seat, and I must bring it forward and go right. I'm going to get this sorted now. But uh, yeah, I'd very much like to do some more of that again. It was good fun. Okay, excellent. And and next year, obviously, gigs and tours and stuff. Have we got an album in the pipeline again? New album next year or? Well, yeah, that kind of brings us round back round to your first question, actually, which was how was uh, how was 2016 for me? Right. Uh, it was a very eventful year, and I found myself already writing a few songs about things that have happened this year. So, um, th- there's yeah, there's new songs in the pipeline, so that will definitely lead to a new album for sure. I think probably by the end of the year we'll have had it all worked out the songs and how we're going to do them and, and test them out a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, there's, yeah, there's definitely an album. It might be a double album. Let's see how next year goes, eh? All right, excellent. <laughs> it's well, a year or not. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, that's, that brings us beautifully back round to the start. So thank you very much for your time, Bloater, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon, hopefully. We'll, we'll hopefully catch you when you're up in Newcastle next time and... You know. Definitely. I'll let you know when we're coming up. We'll be, uh, it be, should be sometime in September. So, uh, yeah. Great. Well, maybe yeah. even talk to you again before that and just see where else you're going to be and stuff like that. Okay. So let me wish you all the very best for, for Christmas and the new year, 2017. Hope you have a fab time. Have a great gig on the 28th. Say hello to Roscoe and the boys who are all yeah. good players. Thanks for the chat, man. I really appreciate it. It's great talking to you and have a happy Christmas. Thanks very much.